you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball each and every weekday and this episode is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center a big a big thank you to our friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it and unfortunately just a couple hours ago learned of some sad news that former Missouri football coach Warren Powers has passed away at the age of 80. And you know what? As that happened, I happened to see an old friend of mine, Jay Jennings, tweet about how he was the producer for the Warren Powers Coaches Show back in 1979. So you know what? I thought Jay would be the perfect guy to bring on for a quick episode of Locked on Mizzou. Jay is, quite frankly, a videographer extraordinaire, a journalist, a documentarian. Guys just had a really interesting career over in the Raleigh area, WRAL, North Carolina, for, gosh, decades now. He's shot just all kinds of interesting stuff from massive sporting events like the 83 NC State Wolfpack, winning the national championship, covering Michael Jordan during his time with the, with the Tar Heels, all that good stuff. So you know what, Jay? Most importantly, just a really good guy. And we have a really good conversation. So you know what? Without further ado, I want to get into my conversation about Mizzou football, Warren Powers, the 1970s Missouri Tiger football team. All this and more coming up right now. Like I was at, I was at Notre Dame in... Was it 71? I think it was 71, 72 when they upset Notre Dame. Let's see. Hey, hang on. I, I have a, I have a, I've, I'm three clicks away from making that happen. <laughs> well, they definitely upset them in 78 for sure. In South oh, Bend, I was, I was, that was the three, nothing game. I'm two and oh at South Bend. That's what I'm trying to say. That's impressive. I don't think too many people can beat that. Uh, Notre Dame. It was, uh, yeah, 70, 72. They went to Notre Dame after getting just manhandled at Nebraska the week before, 62 zip, and then beat number number eight Notre Dame. With, well, that was kind of the Mizzou in the 1970s, oh, it wasn't was, it? Just was, up and down. That was Uncle Al. I mean, that yeah. was uh, you know his his Al's deal was he could beat anybody, he could lose to anybody, and he was always losing to Kansas, and that's right. what cost him his job. I was going to say the Kansas, the Kansas ones in particular cost yep. uh, Al Onofrio's job for sure, yeah. I would say. But of course, Warren Powers, who unfortunately we learned just died, uh, apparently maybe today in the last couple of days, passed away at age 80 after mm-hmm. a long battle with Alzheimer's. Definitely Powers probably best known as Missouri's head coach, of course, from 78 to 1984. But you know what? Even though he was a, a Kansas City native, he actually ended up playing for Bob Devaney at the University of Nebraska. 
of course, was an assistant under Devaney and, uh, and Tom Osborne as well before, well, coming back to his home state of Missouri and, of course, being the Mizzou coach. Now, Jay just gave us a bit of trivia that he's 2-0 and in South Bend. Well, I want to give you a bit of Warren Powers trivia that I found really interesting. Okay. Let's, let's so for one season, he was actually the head coach at the University of Washington State before coming to Mizzou. And in that one season, well, guess what he did? He knocked off the number 14 Nebraska Cornhuskers, his alma mater, in Lincoln. Well, guess what happened the following season, Jay? 78 Powers takes down the Huskers in Lincoln once again for the University of Missouri. So if you can find me another coach that's won two years in a row in Lincoln, I'd like to see it. That's that's good because, you know, even, uh, you know, the Switzer teams would not have won two in a row. Right, because they didn't play two years in a row. That's my point. You'd have to almost change teams or something, and to be that good or to even play them, it just seems like that's one of those truly unbreakable records. That's good. You know, I do know that uh, there was a period of time somewhere around, I think it was around 80 or so, you'd have to, you're the locked on guy, you would have to find out for me, uh, where, you know, Mizzou always played Nebraska and Oklahoma both at home or both away. And then they, then there was a scheduling change by the big, the old big eight where they staggered those. So there's a possibility when they, when they restaggered those schedules that that might've happened, but I, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think coach powers probably is uh, that's a short list. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're right. Certainly in 78, they played Nebraska and Oklahoma on the road that year. And yeah, the Oklahoma game didn't go nearly as well, but just a lot of of craziness in that 78 season. I mean, kind of, again, just a continuation of the Onofrio era in a lot of ways. Missouri beats number five, Notre Dame. Ed South Bend, once again, three nothing. Then, oh yeah, no problem. Hey, just turn around and play. Just turn around and play Alabama the next week. No big deal, so, right? So, so I mean, John, can you believe the scheduling back then? And so here's the crazy – it's even crazier than that. Notre Dame was the defending national champion. So, in essence, yeah, they were ranked number five coming into the season. Right. But you're really playing number one, number one. Right. First two weeks. And, and then you played uh, number one in week four. Oklahoma was then number exactly. one after – I guess Alabama had been upset at some point too. So it's unbelievable. It really is. Well, let me just tell you, there was so much, uh, so much excitement around Mizzou football that fall of 78 when coach powers came in. Uh, And I think there were high expectations, you know, Mizzou was always in that, in that role in the big eight of, they were always nudging OU and Nebraska for you know, to try to to try to get into that top those top two spots, and we're always just on the outside. And I think there was a lot of excitement when when Powers came that they might just do it. And when they beat uh, Dan Devine and Joe Montana three to nothing in that opener at South Bend, and I, I could, can't believe because I was there um, covering it for uh, for KOMU uh, when they came home that next week to play number one Alabama with Bear Bryant. I mean, Faroe was rocking. It was, I'm looking at the attendance now. Get this, folks. If you're not familiar with those days, Mizzou, 73,655 people were at Faroe. That was actually the first year that they'd added those, that end zone to the south. 
right. uh, which is now where the big football complex is. Yes. But that was the first season that they'd ha- had that. And so they were every home game when it was a, a big opponent, they were, they were just setting a new attendance record, setting a new attendance record. It was, but it was crazy. It was crazy. And quickly, I want to tell you about my friends at Prize Picks, who is the leader in college sports, daily fantasy. But of course, if you like pro sports even better, well, guess what? LeBron and Patrick Mahomes and all those and some soccer players too, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. Well, you know what? They got it all over at prizepicks.com. Any type of prop you can possibly think of, I'm sure they have it for you because, again, they are the leader in propositions making daily fantasy easy. So go to prizepicks.com or download from your app store. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKED ON because when you do, you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Once again, for that deposit match, just use the promo code Locked on. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. That's right. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And by McDonald's, who is proudly bringing you this episode of Locked On Mizzou and has been proudly serving customers since 1965. And I tell you, this is not a joke. I just went to McDonald's. This morning, stayed up a little bit too late last night doing some projects. No, I'm not hungover, nothing like that. But dang it, when you're feeling a little bit tired, a little bit something, you need to quench your yourself with some McDonald's. That's my advice. The bacon, egg, and cheese, the sausage and cheese, the sausage biscuit. Oh my God, it's hard to beat. It really is. In fact, I might get another one right now. But I tell you what. Get on down to McDonald's where, again, not only a place for great food, but a great place to reconnect with your friends, your family, your team, whatever it might be. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Yeah, and just to your point about how exciting that particular season was, you look at the rest of the non-conference schedule Ole Miss and Illinois weren't particularly good that season, but still you're talking about really interesting opponents, at least compared to what you play in 2021. That's for sure, Jay. But, you know, you mentioned you covered that 78 Notre Dame game for KOMU. I I saw on Twitter, and this is actually why I reached out to you. I saw you said in in 79, you actually Mm -hmm. produced the coaches show for Warren Powers. And I thought maybe you could just provide us a little bit of insight on, on what kind of guy Warren Powers really was and what was that whole experience like for you? Well, Coach Powers was uh, he was he was very much an old school, matter of fact football coach. Uh, you know, he did he did come out of the Bob Devaney school. Uh, you know, and most of his uh, I'd say most a good chunk of his assistants uh, at on that Missouri staff were former Nebraska guys. Uh, as a matter of fact, not only did I work for W for KOMU and covered them, and then also worked. Uh, as the producer on the coaches show, but actually the previous year in 78, I was around him uh, a good bit then because I was working as a, uh, as a camera operator for football practice. So I was up in the tower 
up in the tower shooting uh shooting a 16 shooting the all 22 footage yeah exactly exactly but anyway but coach powers was uh very matter of fact uh he you know uh a no-nonsense guy i mean he was he it was he was pleasant to be around uh but you know when he showed up at you know he made the drive out highway 63 to to the big eight you know there uh just outside of of como you know he, he was there just just like he was on the sides he was there to do a job he came in sat down mic'd up and actually jim bakken the former cardinals kicker the former big red kicker was was the host of the show and it was actually talking Jim's, the football Cardinals, football, of course, football yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, it was Bakken's first chance to be on television. And so it was really interesting. And they, you know, so you've got this, I was 21 years old. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, you know, and actually probably of all the guys there, powers probably had more TV experience than, than Bakken and I had combined <laughs> going in, but uh, he was great. He was great. I remember my struggle was uh, I had to remember that the coaches show you know, and, 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 you know, and for those of those who aren't familiar with what especially the coaches TV shows were in those days was it was a recruiting device. They'd come on, they play the highlights of the, of the school of your, of, of your most recent game. And uh, it was a place for the fans uh, for Mizzou fans to watch the highlights. Cause you know, very few games were on TV back in the day. I mean, right. I'm looking at it. Uh, I think in, you know, in 79, I don't think there was other than the bowl game. I don't think there was a game that was on. I don't know. There was a game on TV. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I know that. Yeah. We mentioned that 78 Nebraska game that actually was nationally televised. It just happened to be because, you know, well, number one, Nebraska was number two in the country. So they happened to be one of the few teams that would get a a semi-regular national TV appearance, but you're absolutely right. Even as deep into the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands for all you youngins out there, even the Gary Pinkle, Larry Smith coaches shows were a lot of times it was, yeah, half your games, if not more, were still on the radio, especially as a Mizzou fan. So yeah, the coaches show was a must watch to actually see the highlights of the games. You'd have people like Jay Jennings with a, with a camera on their shoulder and they'd get you the highlights of the games that way. Totally old school, different, different time for sure. That's what, that's how, you know, if you're a Mizzou fan, you know, you're listening to the games on the radio, whether you grew up listening to Malin Aldrich, uh, you're doing play by play and later guys like, uh, Bob Costas did play-by-play. John Rooney, he's now doing the Carl. John was actually the one doing play-by-play for Mizzou. And also Dan Kelly, the Blues, the Blues longtime play-by-play guy, came over and did Mizzou for a season. But anyway, so the, you have these coaches shows. And so I'm going to J school, but I'm working on a coaches show. I had to learn that you can't approach a coaches show <laughs> with journalism. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm putting together. That's a really, I, that's an interesting lesson to learn as a 21 year old or whatever. And, you and I kind of learned it the hard way. I, yeah. you know, I can't remember, let's see, it would have been, would have been, I'm, pardon me while I look at the, uh, it probably was the Texas game when they lost the week four, number four, Texas came in. Um, Daryl Royal was still a coach at, uh, for UT at the time. And they came in uh, number four, highly ranked. And they, they, they actually, put a whooping on Mizzou 21 zip uh, at Faro, And, you know, I edit the highlights as if they are, you know, I'm doing the highlights for KOMU. You know, right. I'm showing Texas plays. I'm sure. And I remember 
uh, Coach Powers watching the highlights and turning to the says, "This this isn't the Longhorn Show, right? This is the Missouri Tiger Show." And so I I learned, you know, okay, I don't need to make sure that I, right. You don't have to show don't, every interception, Jay. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't show you don't show all the runs in the Texas right. seventy yard drive. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, you don't, don't question coach powers, coach management or time clock management, any of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that was kind of my lesson there. And that was, that was my only little, even a little dust up with him, but it, right. it was, but you know, once I kind of understood that that's, Oh, this is, no, this sure. is what we're doing. And we are brought to you by buildbar.com build bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. In my humble opinion, And you know what? They just sent me a new flavor, blueberry muffin. Once again, Built Bar has done it. They've made yet another tasty, chewable chocolate protein bar. Unlike a lot of the other bars in this marketplace, it's not chalky or or just hard to chew or, or frankly just not appetizing to put down your mouth. That's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for a nice treat that isn't going to make us feel guilty. Or guess what? That's exactly what Build Bar is because not only are they tasty, they're low-carb, low-cal, low-fat, low-sugar, and high-in protein. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com and by betonline.ag where frankly they thought 37 and a half you know what not quite enough we're gonna need to up that to 38 for this Missouri Georgia game yes the Bulldogs now giving 38 points despite the fact that the total is under 60 a 58 and a half point total yikes not not exactly predicting good things for the Tigers on Saturday, are my friends at betonline.ag. But you know what? If you think they're all wet, if you think they're wrong, and you want to take those 38 points, well, take your money, put it where your mouth is, go to betonline.ag. And when you do, be sure to use the promo code Locked On because you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. I just like hearing that even 42 years ago that head coaches were still kind of control freaks about oh. the media and just the messaging and everything else. A football coach is a football coach is a football coach, man. You know I that. was going to say, some things never change, that's for darn sure. Absolutely. So, so, you know, not to go back to this this 78 game, but it's just such a famous yeah. game, that Nebraska game. And, you know, just I just wondered if you have any specific memories from that game. I, I was obviously – this was before my time, but I've gone back and watched that football game. And the sort of indelible image of that game is James Wilder, late fourth quarter, Missouri running back just absolutely mauling a Nebraska defender in the middle of the field, running him over for the game clinching touchdown, the go ahead touchdown. That's what I remember for it from it. What, what are your memories, Jay? If it makes you feel any better, John, that's what I remember. Um, <laughs> I was actually on the sidelines that day. Um, it was a rainy, cold, kind of drizzly, you know, kind of classic Midwestern 
late November day. Um, and, uh, and that game was going back and forth. It was just, it was a wild punch, counter punch, punch, counter punch. And just when you thought the other, the other, it was, it was like, like a Rocky, like Rocky four or something. You didn't, you didn't think the other team was going to get up off the mat. They would get up once again. But when on that play, when Wilder goes through that hole, and I wish I could remember who the linebacker for Nebraska was who stood him up, you know, he, he sticks him hard. And Wilder just takes his right hand, grabs him by the jersey, and throws him to the ground and runs in, rumbles into the end zone. And I remember I was with uh, my good buddy Wesley Goforth from uh, KOMU, and we just kind of looked at each other like, what in the world just happened? You know, the Sykeston train rolled again, man. That guy was – he was something else. I really do think that uh, uh, James Wilder kind of gets lost in the in the shuffle of discussions of great Missouri running backs because, you know, uh, he played in an era when, A, they ran the veer, so the carries were really spread out a lot. And they had three guys who ended up playing in the NFL. Uh, you know, Gary Ellison uh, and Earl Gant both played in the NFL. So you've got – you don't have some guy getting 1,600 yards – You've got three guys splitting about, you know, each getting about 800 to 900 yards. So, but Wilder was fantastic. Yeah. And you had, uh, yeah, he had some other really good, notable offensive teammates as well. Of course. I mean, obviously the, the NFL hall of famer, Kellen Winslow had six catches for 132 yards in that game, by the way, of course, Phil Bradley, a quarterback, was an all-Big 8 caliber kind of player. And, you know, Leo Lewis at receiver, the the Hickman grad for all you yep. Columbia people out there. So, I mean, that team was really loaded with talent. It just goes to show you, not every 8-4 and four season is created equally. Oh, that's it, for it, sure. It, it, I, that was right. an unbelievable team you're and right, an exciting and if, season. And if you remember, uh, for those Mizzou fans that remember, that I believe the entire secondary played in the NFL. Wow. Wow. Uh, Eric Wright had a tremendous career with, with San Francisco. I actually knew uh, Eric Wright back in the day. He worked with uh, my mom when he worked uh, for Larry Smith that era. So, yeah, I oh, remember Eric cool. Wright very well. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, You know, uh, it was just uh, – that team was loaded. And, and they had, you know, and de- defensively, uh, Chris Garlick at linebacker. Uh, he, w- he was all big eight. And a guy I, I played high school football against, uh, that guy named Billy Bess, who was from uh, – Flat River Central. He was the other linebacker, uh, so it was that that team was man. It was it was stagnant. Now you look back on it and you go, well, how did they only go? What was what, what were they eight and four? You're going right. How they how they only go eight and four? Now you look right. at the talent on the team. You're going, you know, wow, they they could have been they could have been ten and one. And you, right. you look at the games and you probably could have been. Finished strong, though, 48 nothing over Kansas. Of course, the Nebraska victory. And then finishing, finishing it off with a Liberty Bowl victory over LSU. So, yeah, strong finish to the season. Tigers finished 15th in the AP poll, the final one. So, you know what, Jay, just really quickly, thanks yeah. so much for coming on once again, number one. I, I notice you've got that signed Gary Pinkle helmet there in the background. Very yep. nice. The, the videographer extraordinaire, Jason Jennings, he knows the mise-en-scene, everybody. He understands how all that works. But but seriously, though, I, I know you're out there in North Carolina, so you're a little bit further removed maybe from the noise as, as I am here in Columbia. What are your feelings about this current Mizzou football program? Where, or, do you feel like we're still going in the right direction? 
I, I do. I think it's been it's been hard this year, especially obviously defensively. Stopping the run has just been uh, it's it's been they haven't done it. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 afraid uh, for the Tiger defense this weekend against uh, against Georgia. Uh, I was telling the I'm buddy, afraid for the offense too. Quite frankly, I'm afraid yeah, for well, yeah. I, 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 I am <laughs> that, that Georgia uh, defense is uh, awfully oh, good. Oh, without without a doubt. But but uh, Georgia may not throw the ball ten times. You they know? might not have to. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they literally don't have to throw it once and they'd win. I mean, I, no, I hate to say that. I, I think I think you're right. I think you know. I, but I, I back to the state of the program. Uh, you know, as far as like the rush, de- the run defense, defense in general. I think the pass defense is solid uh i think the the running defense obviously has been a big problem uh, you know they lost a couple of their interior guys who went south with coach odom to arkansas that hurt they lost, right. lost a couple guys to graduation now i've had a couple guys get hurt another guy into the into the transfer portal and you know nick bolton to the nfl doesn't exactly help your defense um uh, and i i just think uh you throw in steve wilkes and his new system and you know, they've, they've had problems with missed tackles. They've had problems with assignments and getting lined up. Um, you know, I, I hope they get better defensively. I really do. Um, but, you know, the, it would really help the defense if the offense could stay on the field at key, key moments in the game. But I really do think – I think I think Coach Drinkwitz is I, – I really do think he's the guy for the time. I think he's uh, similar to great staff. And clearly, here's the, th- here's the thing. In any comp- – in any – any conference in uh, uh, FBS, uh, Power Five or Group of Five, you got to have players, man. You got to have players, and that, that he's going out and getting players. And I think, uh, you know, as, as what's the old saying? Uh, it's nice to have X's and O's, but what you really need are Jimmy's and Joe's. Yep, that's and, the old cliche. And, you know, and that's uh, and I think I think he's got a solid staff. Um, it's interesting. I've got a lot a lot of buddies here actually know him. Because from his time at NC State, sure, um, he apparently was in a, a a Bible study group with a couple of friends of mine. So, okay. uh, you know, I've, I've kind of I've kind of become a, a fan a, a fan at a distance um, and, and knew him before he got the job. But, you know, I, th- I think it's I think he's the right guy. But it's uh, they they need to steal steal at least one win down the stretch. I think. Don't you? Yeah, that would, you know, honestly, I, I don't think they need to. It would sure be nice. Right. I guess I, that's, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, it would, it would be better. The truth is, of course, you know, I, I'm a diehard Mizzou fan. I live and die with every snap. So, you know, I, I'm a very emotional Mizzou fan in the moment. So I have to remind myself and I guess all my listeners, too, to take a bigger picture look. You know, in all seriousness, I think getting Luther Burden, that that receiver from St. Louis, the number one receiver in the country, that's worth two or three wins in this particular regular season almost. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's well, in and, terms and, of and just also, impact and also, John, on the I program. Think, I, think, I think getting getting burden And it keeps commit, everybody else around. Yeah, keep, keep getting burden to commit. Uh, and Horn, Sam Horn, the quarterback from, yep. from Georgia, yep. four-star quarterback, to double down on a week that they lost. Right. That – it doesn't turn it. It doesn't turn it an L into a W, but it sure makes it. It, it gives you, it gives you a, a, a more 
more of a positive feeling moving forward. Sure. I think if you saw guys like him or uh, the, the big defensive lineman, Marquise Gratiel, yep. who's uh, Alabama has been looking at him, all of these guys seem to still be solidly committed to Missouri. Now, if you saw a bunch of these guys starting to flip or decommit, yeah. I, I would genuinely be worried at that point because that's what a lot of the Drinkwitz era has been about. That's what a lot of the, the sort of bullish take has been as well. Like you say, we're going to get more talent over time. Right. If that, if that ever flips, then it's time to get worried. But yeah, the, I agree. the truth and is you, you've got to give it a little bit more time, a little bit more patience for that to sort of uh, bear fruit. And, and John, don't you think too, that uh, Mizzou is, is, you know, until, until things would change, they're always going to be a school that once they get guys verbally committed, that just goes, that's just going to put a target on, on not only Mizzou, but those players that if those guys raise in that rise in the, uh, in the recruiting yeah. rankings, you know, yeah, Bama, especially LSU, early in the Texas, process, they're going to, they're going to come poaching, man. They're yeah, of poaching. course. And you know, you saw it with burden, even, yeah. even though obviously he was an Oklahoma commit, but you know, a lot of times a really early commitment isn't necessarily worth a whole lot. You've got a whole, you know, year, six months, however long it is to, to essentially keep recruiting a guy. And yeah, most guys don't decommit twice, but one decommitment has almost become the regular for some yeah, people at yeah. this point. Certainly not unusual. Let's put it and that way. And throw in the transfer portal. And then there's the old portal as well. Another another opportunity to to get to start the recruitment process all over again. It's just yep. a big look at me thing, isn't it? You know, and it, you you say all we say all that, and you know, to me, that's one of the things. And you know, here here I am. I'm playing the old man, telling everybody to get off my lawn. I can't wait. Uh, uh, but one thing I that's one of the things I love about Tyler Beatty. Here's a guy who, a couple of different times, could have said, you know, guys, that's been great. Sure. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere else, and you know, you know, see see my success at another school. And you know, here's a guy who just. Yeah, all I mean, I've never met him, but all reports are he's just he's a great young man who's who's kind of old school in his thinking. And, you know, I'm just going to outwork the living daylights. I'm going to I'm going to grow where I'm planted and I'm going to stick with my commitment. So uh, I, you got to love you some Tyler Beatty, especially when he's knocking on the doors of a thousand uh, at this point in the season. So and I will say this. If he cat if he goes over a thousand this you know this coming weekend because what's he at what where is he stand at this point John you know I don't know off the top of my head he's he's around that he's at nine something I think yeah I think it's nine somewhere in the in the low to mid nines if if he goes if somehow he's able to get that Georgia defense go over a thousand I. I'm not going to guarantee it's a victory but I'm you know I'm going to say uh, that that was a pretty good weekend in Athens. Okay, well, he's at 989, so hopefully he okay. can get 11 yards. Well, but, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, against Georgia, I was going to say, it's it's no guarantee, I hate to say it, even as good no. as Tyler is. But, you know, I think that's a great note to go out on, Jay. I, I think that's a really good take, too. I'd never totally thought about that. We tend to think of of quarterbacks, for instance, maybe mm-hmm. not getting the playing time and entering the transfer portal pretty quickly. But, yeah, you just look at the amount of touches that Beatty has gotten this season compared to previous seasons when, of course, Larry Roundtree was your yeah. workhorse. 
yeah, good for him for sticking yeah. around. And it's great to see that sort of patience and, and old school mentality, like you said, pay so off let, for the kid. So let, let me let me turn into the interviewer here at this point. Oh, please do. As, as a longtime Mizzou observer, where do you where do you rank uh, Beatty in the in the list of running backs? We've talked today. We've talked about a lot of them today. We talked about Wilder. We've talked about, you know, Roundtree. And I mean, where do you, where do you put uh, just what was it? Let's just say in the let's just say in the SEC era, where, where see, would you put it? See, that's funny. I actually threw that poll out just yesterday. SEC era running backs. And, I, you know, that's a tough one. And I actually think because of the passing game productivity mm-hmm. for Beatty, and I think you have to factor in, I think a lot of people will look at maybe his rushing yards per carry, compare that to Henry Josie, for instance. Well, you got to remember Josie played in front of a much better offensive line, yeah. especially in 2013. Right. That's got to be the best offensive line in Missouri history. You got four guys who played legit time in the NFL, and then a fifth guy, Max Copeland, who was a really good college player. So to me, you got to factor all that in, but I'm really a type of guy. This is my own bias. I love a running back who can catch the ball, who can make things happen in the screen game, out of the backfield on a Texas route, something like that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's Tyler Beatty. So I actually, I would take him probably over everyone. And God, I, Henry Josie's one of my favorite players in the zoo history. So that's hard for me to say, but Beatty's really won me over this past season. You know, there's, and I know it's, I know it's apples, apples to oranges. Uh, but to me, I think to me, there's a there is a comparison there between Beatty and Josie uh, size wise st- and style wise. They're, they're similar, similar sure. running backs. I agree. Uh, but I think there's also there's also a perseverance factor for both of those guys. Obviously, Henry coming back from just that devastating brute, injury. Yeah, devastating. And, you know, and, and Tyler just persevering through you know, always being number two, always being number two, always being number two, and could have easily, especially last year, not getting nearly the touches that, that Roundtree got, uh, and, you know, and apparently being healthy. So sure, you know, I, I, I would put him in the SEC era. I mean, if, of course, we're saying this season's not even over. He hadn't even finished, finished the year yet. Right. Um, but you know, to me, I'd put him up there. Gosh, imagine if Beatty would have maybe entered the transfer portal after maybe last season. Obviously, that would have killed Missouri, but imagine what an impact player he could have been on, I, I don't know, just a really good offense, you know, and yeah. that could have been something. So, thankfully, he stuck around, and yep, I think absolutely. Mizzou fans should should be very grateful for that, and hopefully for senior day, we all come yep. out and give him a big round of applause because he definitely yep. deserves it. So, absolutely. Jay, Jay, thanks so much for coming thanks, on John. the show for on short notice, and it's uh, great to see you as always. Always the same here. Appreciate it, Jay. Hey, Z-O-U.